Amen. Give a big praise to the Lord and a great job to our worship team. Yes, come on. Yeah. Please be seated. Please be seated. Are you ready to receive what the Lord has prepared for you this morning? Yes. Well, are you ready, guys? Yes. Uh, it's going to be a, a great, exciting uh, Sunday uh, because of what the Lord has prepared for you. Um, so this great worship, you know, enjoy, let it soak in, let it sink in. But I want us to focus our mind on the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So let's just take a, a, a quiet time to center ourselves to the Lord. And so the Spirit of the Lord will speak to you and give you what you need today. So shall we look to the Lord in prayer? Just have a quiet time, 30 seconds. Lord, we give ourselves to you this morning and we're ready for your word. We pray that you will bless us, O oh Father. That you will feed us what we need. You'll feed our soul, lift our spirit. That we can make the difference and the intended impact in this world, in this community. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Paul planted about 20 churches. One person. He changed the spiritual landscape of the world. It started in Asia, went to Europe. In a short span of time, like in 10 years he was able to change the spiritual landscape in four provinces in 10 years. Four provinces. How did he make such an impact in the known world at that time? How did he make such an impact in the center of the universe at that time? And so that as I was praying and asking the Lord, and reading the scripture over and over again and following Paul Paul in his missionary journey. There are some truths that the Spirit of the Lord has revealed to me through His Word that I feel and am confident and believe that it is relevant for our church here in Santa Clara. And I want to share those truths. And I want to share the result, not the model. The model may be different now. It may not be applicable. Uh, it may not apply to our known world here today. But the theology, the faith, the result. I want to share it with you. So we are following Paul. Looking at him as a model. To engage our ever-changing culture with the never-changing gospel. Our world is rapidly changing. Our culture is rapidly changing. But my friends, the gospel never changes. It is always ready 
for this ever-changing culture and rapidly changing world. You believe that, right? You believe in the power of the gospel. Yes. Yes, you do. So, why should I follow Jesus? If somebody asks you this question in your workplace, in your school, when you're out there and they say, and they come to you, why do I need to follow Jesus? Why should I follow Jesus? Do you have a word for that moment, for that person? Do you have an inspiration that comes from the Holy Spirit for that person, for that moment? And it made me reflect in my life too. And, uh, uh, and I, I, I send a, uh, in, on, in the social media, so I put it up, what is one thing that you cannot live without? You know, it came to me what, just to see as I process this, as I think about this sermon, what is one thing that uh, you can't live without? And some said, uh, water. Right? It's, it's the living water that Christ offers. We can't live without that. It could be air, it could be Jesus. You know? um, but I'm a father of three kids. My youngest daughter, um, she is seven. You know? So I, I'm going to preach as a father many times in this church. You relate it to your own way. Let the Spirit of God do it. But for me, it's like uh, um, my daughter can't live without a pon- ponytail. Because when she does her homework, she has a beautiful, curly, natural hair. You don't have to perm it. But when you do homework, it comes down and flow and gets in her eye. And she's so irritated, right? So what do I do? You do a ponytail for her. And, and then she gets on. You need a ponytail. You can't live without a ponytail. Now, there is a new app in Apple, Screen Time. I don't know how many of you have downloaded the Screen Time. You should try it. So my screen time for the week, do you know how much screen time I have? Two hours, 40 minutes. It's my uh, average daily, two hours, 40 minutes on screen. That's my screen time, right? Um, and I read for like about two hours because they, they break it down for you. What do you do? Whether you're surfing on the internet, social media, you're reading, or you're doing, you're doing creative things. My creativity is kind of low. It's about 15 to 20 minutes there that I'm creating, right? Uh, but I read about two hours, and the rest I'm surfing. Okay? Now, that tells me of who I am. Right? What is one thing that you can't live without? For young people, it may be uh, your phone. It may be your iPad. And your, if you put the app down, maybe your screen time in a week is like, 15 hours on screen time playing games. I don't know. But it's a good check for me. And I was checking this this week, you know. Because when I look at Paul, when I look at Paul, when he went to Iconium, there was this great civil, great opposition. There was the civic leaders that rose up in opposition against Paul. Right? And then you come to Lystra, and there was a great divide, the Jewish uh, people incited the people and encouraged them to have a violent uprising and to hurt them, to abuse them, and to persecute them. In fact, when they come to Lystra, uh, Paul was stoned to death, right? And they were left outside the city near Derby. 
There was this great opposition. Great opposition. Great persecution uh, for the peaceful gospel. For one of the most peaceful messages. And it is no surprise because the crucifixion. The crucifixion, the most brutal crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ is a reaction to the most peaceful message. It is not new in the world. It is not new. And also there is a great divide. When Paul went to Iconium and came to, uh, and came to Lystra and came to Derby, well, what happens is there is a great divide. The Jews and the Greeks were divided. The one who believed in Christ and who were not believing in Jesus Christ. They were, it was a great divide. Because why? The gospel of Jesus Christ divides light and dark. When the gospel comes into your life, it clearly shows what is darkness and what is light. It clearly shows what is good and what is evil. There is a divide. So there was a divide in that provinces. When Paul went to every city, there was a great divide. A great divide on the good news and a great divide on destruction and death. Because the gospel brings redemption the, the, and Satan brings death. Sin brings death. There's a division between destruction and redemption. Between life and death. And the gospel does that. And whenever they went, people are seeing this stark contrast of the light and darkness. So there was a great opposition. There was a great divide. Did it end there? No. But there were great inspirational, incarnational transformation. And people's lives were touched. And we see this. Therefore, when they went, when they came to the uh, 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 Lystra, the region of Lystra, there was a man that had been lame and crippled from birth. Right? He was going there. He is going to see these things. He is going to meet the people that want to worship Paul and Barnabas, thinking that they were Jews and Hermes. He was going to be stoned and thrown out at the outskirts of the city. We're going to follow this story and see how we can apply here. So when he came and preached, there was great opposition. Many Greeks and Jews believed. And because of that, the people who didn't believe rose up to abuse them violently and to assault them. Did that deter Paul and Barnabas? No. Therefore, because of these things happening, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the Lord of His grace, granting signs and wonder to be done by their hands. Remember, my friends, when people ask you, why should I follow Jesus Christ? And you don't know where to start at that time. Remember, it is Jesus who bears witness to His Word. Remember, it is Jesus who bears witness to His Word. He is the best witness that will bear witness through His work, through signs and wonders. 
through doing great things at that time, at that given moment, through you. These are the things that the angels envy. He wants to open the book of salvation, which was given to you and I. And the angels envy this stuff. This stuff he, the angels envy. And God brings people in your moment, at that moment, so that you can make a difference through that person. You are it. You are it. And remember, and remember, when you are in that position, when you are faced with that person, it is God who has Position that person to come in your presence so that you will allow the Lord Jesus Christ to bear witness to that person. You see? You see, my friends, are you following me this morning? This is very important. Your call is to be what? Faithful. Can you say that? Your call is to be? Because the outcome belongs to God. Because the outcome belongs to God and our call is to be faithful. So if we are faithful and witness to the person at that given time, at that given moment as a disciple of Christ, God is in charge of the outcome. I'm going to let that sing in. Because many of us think that we are responsible for the outcome. No, no, no. It is Christ who bear witness to his own word. So this is the reason why we have tried to control the gospel. We have tried to control the gospel and bring the word of God to a manageable proportion. We want to manage the word of God. We want to control the gospel so you make it like more sophisticated. right? You make it more politically correct. Right? You make it less offensive. No. You can't control the gospel. You can't manage the word of God to a manageable proportion. Because it is Christ who bear witness to his own word. We want to control the outcome. That's why we want to control the gospel. We want to make the word of God manageable. Why? Because we want to control the outcome. I release you from that burden this morning. God controls the outcome. And we are called to be? Thank you. Thank you. You guys are listening. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So as I was praying, the Spirit of God was speaking to me. And the word came to me. And this is the word. We devote so much effort and time to seek the saved rather than seeking the lost. The Spirit of God challenged me. You're speaking, you're, you're spending so much time and effort in saving, seeking the saved rather than the lost. Fill up this church. With people that are searching and hunting and shopping for church. Right? It's like, great. Every Sunday morning our church is full. Really? What about the lost? Who is seeking the lost? We are seeking the lost. Who is seeking the lost? Santa Clara First Baptist Church is going to seek the lost. 
making disciples and sharing the gospel is our number one goal. If you have been wondering, we have goal every year for this current coming year goal. Our number one goal is making disciples. That is our goal. This is the reason why we are doing church-wide life group on making disciples. This is the reason why we're having a sermon series on making disciples. And not Christians, not converts. We are not here to make converts or make Christians. We are here to make disciples of Christ. There's a big difference. If you want to talk more on this and it kind of rile you up and you're not happy because it's a 30-40 minute sermon, I'd be happy to talk to you during the week. Right? Okay. Now, so, the first thing is that Jesus bear witness to His Word. Right? We got that? All of us? Yes. And the outcome belongs to God. And so God calls you to be faithful. How can you be faithful? You can be faithful by reading the Word of God daily, by praying and spending time with the Lord, and asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you so you can make a difference to the people that are in your life right now. Okay? There are many people that are in your life right now, and those people that are in your life right now, no one can reach them except you. So you're asking me, Pastor, what am I going to do with these people? You don't know where to start. I want you to start by praying for them. Praying for the people that God has brought you in your circle. You pray for them, you bless them, and you be ready by reading the Word of God. And when the moment comes, you will be able to give space and opportunity for Christ to bear witness to His Word. Any question on that? Or they say, that doesn't make sense, Pastor. We're good with that, right? Yes. Now, so, the thing is, okay. So here, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet, and he leaped and walked. What did I just say? There are five people in your life that God has brought you. No one can reach those five people except you. And you said, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. I told you, say, start praying. Start reading the Word of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit and be ready because God is ready. When that moment comes, you will be able to observe that your friend is ready to receive the Word of God. At that time, you speak boldly. Speak boldly when? At the right time. At the right time. When we are not ready, when we are not fed, when we are not communing with God, there is nothing we can give. When you realize your own emptiness, you will understand the preciousness of Jesus. You speak boldly, you stand up straight. And speak boldly. 
Because Paul saw this guy who was born crippled, who can walk lame from birth. When he looked at him, he knew in his heart that he was ready. And he spoke with such boldness in allowing Christ to bear witness to his word. And this guy leaped and walked. My friends, the word boldly doesn't mean arrogance. It's very different. Boldly is not arrogance. It's not pride. You know, let me help you explain. One of the meaning of boldly is to speak with clarity. To speak simple with such clarity. For example, let's draw an inference from one of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In verse 8, it says, uh, trumpet, right? You know the trumpet sound all of us. Right? So we decide that we're going to go on a battlefield. Santa Clara First Baptist Church is going on a battlefield. And the pastor is going to give a trumpet sound. And that sound means we're ready. When you hear that sound, you go forward and attack. Right? We all agree. So when the time comes, if pastors say, boom, shakalaka, boom, boom. <laughs> right? Is that a trumpet sound? No. Yes. So he said, when the trumpet make uncertain sound, how do you know that you're ready for a battle? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. 14, verse 8. Boldly speaking means that we are clear about what Christ means to you, who Christ is, what the gospel is, and how he changed and transformed people's life. So you are not managing the gospel by saying, I am the way to truth and the life. And you stop there. Because some people are not comfortable with, no man comes to the Father except through me. Uh, we want to take that out. Because we want to be more inclusive. Well, no man comes to the Father except through me is very inclusive. The Father welcomes everyone. Right? So you try to manage the gospel do a manageable proportion. I have a I, I, I'm talking to a young man now. He said, Pastor, I like everything about Christ. I like everything about Christianity. Where I'm stopping right now is that I'm the way to truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. That's where I am right now. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't cross that hurdle. I said, fine. Take your time. Take your time. God's going to show up in a real way. He will blow your mind away. He will lift you up. And you will just blow your mind away. Did I just say to make him happy? No, I have absolute confidence, 100 person absolute confidence that Christ will show up to that young man. He will bear witness to him. So, boldly means simply sharing with clear, clear word what the gospel is. So, so some of you are leaders here, right? Um, signs are for direction. Right. So uh, when you travel, there are lots of signs. It's not just there, standing in the middle of the road and doing nothing. It's for direction. Signs are for direction. My wife and I, when we traveled before GPS, I guess, even GPS, have you found yourself in the middle of the road and it's not direct direction? The GPS, you have arrived at your destination and you're just there in the middle of the road and say, where am I, right? I mean, 
I remember we used to travel without GPS, uh, without uh, this Apple, Google thing. And we look at the map and we travel the map. And then there was Yahoo map course, I guess. We print out in direction. My wife will say, do you know where you're going? Are you sure where you're going? I will tell, honey, I'm also going there. We are in the same boat, right? Right? We're going to the same place. Trust me. Well, the thing is, if people cannot trust you when you have the direction, if people cannot trust you when you're on the map, how are they going to trust you when you're off the map? Did you hear that? If people cannot trust you, you still have the direction and the GPS, everything printed out, and they still can't trust you with that direction. How are they going to trust you when you don't have those directions and you say, I know the way? Boldly means to simply have clarity on what you believe. Because when you stand up and boldly say who you are and what you believe, then others will believe what you believe. Speak and witness boldly at the right time. At the right time. Why do we do this? Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them them to continue in faith, and saying we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Enter the kingdom of God. So, Jesus will bear witness to his word, Speak boldly at the right time and strengthen those who believe. When I was in Midwest, I came to a point where I said, I have to take care of my body, you know? And so I went to the boot camp. And I didn't know what boot camp is. I said, I'm just going to stay fit, I'm going to go to boot camp. I went to the boot camp and there's this guys right feet and I'm like wow don't worry you can do at your own pace you know uh, people are I'm doing my own pace I came out of the one hour workout I took shower I got into my car and drove and I'm ready to pass out in the car <laughs> I'm hyperventilating and sweating and so I had to park on the side on the curb and I called my wife and said, Honey, I'm not feeling well. You know, what happened? I went to the boot camp. <laughs> I stayed in their car for almost an hour to calm down. I was dizzy, you know. Because I haven't strengthened my body. I had not conditioned my body. See, strengthening and conditioning is for endurance. If you're an athlete, strengthening, conditioning prevents you to have injury. How are we strengthening our faith? Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Are you ready for the long run? Spiritual life is a long journey. It's a process. It doesn't end today. You lead somebody to Christ today. It may take 30, 40 minutes. But discipleship begins. Are you ready for the long run? Are you ready for the marathon? Right? So when I started doing this, people are doing... Uh, uh, 
high knee, you know, and this is my high knee. I can't do. Come on, high knee up. This this was it, right? Do the basketball jump. This was all I could do, and I'm still sweating, right? I'm still sweating. And this is the level one, or you know, high knee. I can't do, right? I mean, they 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 were doing like level three, level four. Oh, you go up there, jump, and then jump again, and then go, and then jump again, right? My high knee was like this, and now I can do high knee, right? How did that happen? Strengthening, conditioning, so that I can have endurance. So how do you strengthen and how do you condition? Spend time in prayer. Read the Word of God. Have solitude and silence. Worship the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. Fellowship with others. Add to the list what Christ's people has done. Add to the list what Christ has done. So that you're conditioned, you're strengthened. So when the time comes for you to run the marathon with someone, it may take a year, it may take two years, it may take three years to bring somebody to Christ. Are you ready? Are you strengthened? Are you conditioned to go on a marathon with that person? To go on a marathon with the people that have, God has brought you in your life. And you just say, I shared the gospel today. They rejected it. Done. I'm going. Is that the mentality? To say, strengthen those who believe. Strengthen those who are going to believe. Reach out and seek those who are lost. Why? Because we can make a difference in people's lives. Because we know God has made a difference in people's lives. If you ask pastor, what is one thing that you live for? Why do you get out of the bed every day? It is for your pastor. People matter the most. My life, my desire, my purpose, my call is to invest in people. People matter to me absolutely how does it matter i want to see a marriage work i want to see someone that is in depression come out of it i want to see a young people that is lost walking the crooked way walk the straight path if i can make somebody people's someone's life a little better tomorrow that's what i live for that's what I live for. I am sold out to the vision of Christ and God that He loved men and women and they are created in the image of God. I am sold out to that. People absolutely matter to me. I live for people. That's what I get up. If I can make a difference in a person's life, if I can make change a person tomorrow, that's what I pray, that's what I live, that's what I read, that's what I train. My life is consumed with that. You have to find your purpose. You have to find a meaning in your life. When you live a full, meaningful, purposeful life, then you can tell other people how to live a meaningful, purposeful life. So, let us review. We're going to ask the worship team to get ready. And you can prepare your hearts for the communion.
identity we talked about, right? He lived and walked. When you're able to leap over the hurdles in your life, you can tell other people how to leap over their hurdles. That's your identity, right? Hurdles are for what? Leaping. You can't walk across the hurdle, right? You have to leap over it. So hurdles are for leaping. But if you don't, if you haven't leaped over it before, it would be hard for in lifestyle. Stand up straight on your feet. When you boldly declare and speak to other people who you are and what you believe, others will believe in what you believe. Impact. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in their faith. As you condition and strengthen yourself through prayer, reading the Word of God, worship, service, prayer and fasting, all these things you are doing, you show other people do how to do that. So they also be ready for the marathon, for the long journey in their faith, in their walk with God. This is how we make disciples. It's a matter of the heart. The battlefield is not won somewhere in Russia, in Africa, Asia, or Latin America. It is won in the hearts of people. We have to train for that. In order to do that, you have to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. The outward life is naturally flowing with the life and teaching of Christ. That's when, bam, boom, it happens. When your outward life is naturally flowing with the teaching life of Christ, then people say, I want that. We now ask the leaders to come as we get ready for the communion. welcomes people of all nations people of all race ethnicities to this great kingdom we believe that in Santa Clara First Baptist Church this is a church people of all nations we are multi-generational multicultural it's our great strength in this church that we love one another so this table is welcome to everyone who believes and follows Jesus Christ. Okay? If you follow the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in Him as your Lord and Savior, as your Master, whatever way you want to put it, if He's your CEO, it's better for you, I don't know. You put that word, for me, He's my Master. I follow Him. This table is for you. This table is for you. It's to remember that he is on a marathon with you. 
you're not going to run it alone in this life. He's going to run along with you in this long life journey. And then He will send you a helper when you're almost passing out, like me on the road. He'll send you a helper. His name is the Holy Spirit. His name is the Holy Spirit. That's, that guy is going to be with you. Why? So you can make a difference in people's life. You can make a difference in people's life. So the night that our Lord Jesus was going to be betrayed and crucified, He took the bread, He broke it, and He said, This is my body. This is my body. When you do this, do it in remembrance of me as often as you can. What does that mean? That He died for our sins. He broke His body that we may have a new life in Him. The same night He took the cup. He said, This is my blood. This is a new covenant. A new covenant. That I'm making with you. When you do this, you know, for what? A new covenant for what? For the remission of your sins. I'm going to forgive your mistakes and your messes that you make in your life. I'm going to renew it, regenerate it. I'm going to revive you to do what? So you can make a difference in people's life. Right? And he said, do this in remembrance of me as often as you can. So when you're down and out. And you feel like your life has no meaning and hope in your life. Do this. Remember. Remember. Jesus will bear witness to His Word. And the Holy Spirit that dwells in us is a treasure. It's a treasure more than anything else. We remember that today that we are people of power. We are royal priesthood, man and woman. We are called to make a difference in people's lives because we are the bearer of the good news and the angel envy what we have. I'm going to ask Steve to pray for the bread. I'm going to ask my uh, favorite ex-board president to pray for the cup. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we... We acknowledge you as Lord God, sovereign King of the universe. Uh, and in your infinite wisdom, love, you've allowed your Son to come from the perfect heaven down to uh, the sinful earth and to live a perfect, sinless life. And by his example, uh, show us what it is you desire in our life. Uh, as a parent, I, I'm just amazed that you allowed your Son to suffer and die. I could not do that with one of my sons. Uh, the bread reminds us of the body that was broken, uh, that was abused. Uh, that suffered uh, excruciating pain uh, for me, for all of us, for our sins uh, that we now repent from. Uh, we renew and rejuvenate our lives with you as we take this communion. Help us to remember this each day during this week, coming week and month, as we as partake of some food, just the, the sacrifice that was made that really represents an infinite and perfect love, which you truly are, Father. So thank you for uh, the opportunity to partic participate in communion today. Uh, thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we... We thank you, we praise you, we worship you, we serve you because of your sacrifice, your blood that was shed for everyone in this room, your blood that was shed for everyone that we, that we work with, for everyone we go to school with, for everyone that we meet at the grocery store, for everyone we see on the highway, your blood was shed. I pray, Lord, that we can share that sacrifice with other people, that we can say at the right time with the right words that you provide 
this is a sacrifice that was made for you. I pray that as as we uh, take the communion today, that we as we take the bread and the cup, that we will recognize what that means for us individually, but also what it means for for our world, and use that moment to guide us forward, to step forward, so that we can share that outwards. Amen. Body of our Lord Jesus, broken.